But today, we're gonna continue on in the series and talk about fighting for our friendships. And I'm gonna be bringing my small group up here that, it's not my small group, but the small group that I've been a part of for a number of years, and I'm going to interview them, okay? And you're gonna learn a little bit more about my life, but just about the dynamics of how to really fight for friendships. Now, a lot of times I have people that I run into in the church, maybe even in life, that will say, you know what, I just don't have time for friendships right now. I mean, my life is really busy with work and this and that, and I just don't have time for friends right now. And when I hear that, I think, you know what, that is a major mistake. Because if you are not building relationships in your life early on in the mid-stage of your life, when you get older, I guarantee you this, that you will feel lonely. You and I need to be building relationships now, often, and we need to be going deep, building them strong, making them meaningful, authentic, so that they are long-lasting. And so I want you to get your pins out, and I want to give you five reasons why you need to do this, why you need to build strong, deep, meaningful, long-lasting relationships. And the first one is for this reason, for spiritual growth. Folks, you and I can't become all that God has intended us to be without others. Take a look at Romans 1, verse 12. I want us to help each other with the faith that we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. The second reason is for emotional support. You see, life is a journey and hopefully it is a long journey. And on a journey, it's better when you have companions, okay? And there are two types of companions or people in the world that you need to be aware of, VDP and VIP people. VDP stands for very draining, depressing people. You don't need very many of those in your life. In fact, you just need one for ministry, okay? But you need a host of VIPs, very inspiring people. Because there are 58 different verses in the New Testament that you cannot biblically apply in your life unless you have these kind of people. I call them the one another verses. And here's one of them, Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. The third reason is for better health. Science has proved over and over and again and again that you will live longer and healthier if you have healthy relationships. And the big reason is that in healthy relationships, you have a place that you can dump your negative emotions. Take a look at James chapter 5, verse 16. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Will you circle the word healed? You've heard me say this before. If all you need is forgiveness, then all you need to do is confess to God. But if you need healing, I don't care whether that is physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, vocational healing, you need to confess it to others. The fourth reason is for social enjoyment. You see, God designed life to be enjoyed, not endured. You can make lots of money. You can have all the accomplishments that you want in life. But if your relationships stink, life sucks, doesn't it? It does, okay? 
That's why God, from the very beginning, designed for us to be really in community with one another. Genesis 2.18 kind of brings this out. It is not good for the man to be alone. And then the fifth one is to reach your goals. You, you can never fulfill your goals on your own. If you can, I would say this, that your goals are very puny, okay? It takes a team to fulfill the dream. Take a look at Ecclesiastes 4.9. Two people are better than one because they get more done by working together. Now, since these are the reasons to build strong, meaningful, deep, authentic, real, long-lasting friendships, the two questions that remain are where and how. Well, the where will not shock you. I'm a pastor. The best place to build relationships, in my opinion, honestly, is a church. Because you will find a, a better quality of people. Better character, better values, better goals in life. And the fastest way to do that in our church, as I laid out, I don't know, several weeks ago in the vision message, is not just coming to church and being a part, because to be honest with you, if you're just here and that's all you do, you're not gonna have the meaningful relationships that God wants you to have. You've gotta move from celebration into connection. And there are two kind of big groups for connection at LifePoint. There, there is service teams, and there's a number of those, and then there are connection groups, small groups, Bible studies. They can be called a number of, of different things. That's the where. Maybe the bigger question, though, is this. If you're really going to build strong relationships, and folks, I'm talking strong relationships that go the distance, that aren't just here today and gone tomorrow, is about the how. And if I had to summarize the how in one verse, it would be Matthew 7, verse 12, which is commonly referred to as the golden rule. Many of us know it. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. For this summarizes the, 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 the law and the prophets. Well, what are the law and the prophets? Basically, it's the Old Testament. Jesus is coming in there and says, just let me summarize the Old Testament for you, okay? Here it is. Give people what you would like to receive. And so this morning, let's apply the golden rule. If you really want deep, meaningful, authentic, long-lasting relationships, folks, it's real simple. Be the friend that you would like to have because you will attract what you are not what you want. Today, the golden rule. Apply it to your relationships, your marriages, your family, but in particular, your friends, to community, to connecting groups. I'm gonna have our, my, our, the small group that I'm a part of up here. I want you to give them a big round because I'm gonna tell you something. They're nervous as cats on a hot tin roof, okay? I came in, a, here they come. Let's give it up for them. Because honestly, folks, I mean, I said, hey, group, would you like to be a part of this? You know, I'm gonna just do interviews with my wife and my family, and hey, you're a big part of my life. Will you just be, yeah, we'll do it, okay? So um, we got a lot of engineers in this group, and, and so we, 
two weeks ago, we started working on this together, okay? George, we gotta get, make this very linear and just get all the parts in together. But here they are, right here, and I am so proud of these individuals, okay? Let me introduce them to you. Bob Crivello, Bob, wave your hand, right there. His wife, Christy, who's notorious for being late. That's all I'm gonna say, okay? But she's in Boston, right, visiting Samantha, okay? And then we have, I gotta make sure I get all these right, Chad Gray, right there. Davey, his wife, has the crud, this upper respiratory stuff that's going on, or she would be here today. Then we have my wife, who is practically perfect. Cheryl, wave your hand. <laughs> practically perfect, okay? Uh, and then we have another couple, Lee and Andrea Pittman. They just retired, and they are traveling the United States in their RV for the next three months, or they would be up here, okay? Then we have Joe and Chris Pontrello, wave right there, and then Nancy Reichs, and then Kevin Sheehan right here. This is a group that I am a part of and have been for years. Now, what I'm gonna go over this morning is not rocket science, but I will tell you this. If you will keep these rules in mind, this, these will change your life. So let's get started. The first one is this. Will you write this down? Invest the time. Folks, deep relationships are not accidental. They, they happen on purpose. They're intentional. They're, they're, they happen because you've made a choice for, for it to happen. Deep friendships won't, are not instantaneous either. I've been involved in this group for a number of years, and I can tell you this, when, when we first got together, it was touchy-feely. We, we didn't necessarily trust one another, but today, honestly, today I would trust this group with my life. In fact, I have. But for that to happen, you've got to choose to invest time and energy and effort. Take a look at Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man that has friends must show, will you circle that word, himself friendly. Here's the point. Stop waiting for other people to, to, to well, stop waiting for people to be your friend. Show them how to be a friend. And let me add this. If someone shows up in your life, and they only show up in your life when you have a need, and that's the only time they show up in your life, let me just tell you this, they're not a friend. They're an acquaintance. Because true friendship shows up when you have a need. Take a look at Philippians 2, 4. Do not be interested only in your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. Folks, if you and I would follow this first, we would have more friends than we could count on, on two hands and even our toes together. You and I get more friends by showing interest in others than we do than trying to get them interested in us. And so how do you make that happen? Will you write down this phrase, show up. You can't be a friend without your presence. Physical presence is essential for deep, long-lasting, meaningful relationships. Friends show up. They're present. You see, when someone says to you, and have you heard this? Hey, I'll be with you in spirit. How many of you have heard that? Hey, you know about that small group thing? <laughs> 
don't worry about it. I'll be with you in spirit. Do you want to know what that means? Absolutely nothing, okay? You got to show up. So, group, let's start with this. Why did you even consider getting involved in a small group, a Bible study, whatever you wanted to call it? I'll start with that one, George. Kevin? Um, so I joined this church some 12-plus years ago on the invite of the Kasky family. And uh, after a couple years of attending, I was looking for some way to further my walk with God. Heard you talk about small groups many times and figured that would be a good way to go. Never been in a Bible study or anything like that before. So called the church. They said, go meet the group. They're going to be over at this restaurant, which I was like, okay, that's cool. And uh, they're like, just look for uh, PG, Pastor George. I'm like, okay. Oh, Okay, I didn't know he was in the group. I figured he was there in some pastoral capacity or something. I never miss a meal. <laughs> <laughs> so met the group. We, I think we did a, a movie as well that night. The next week we did uh, Nancy's birthday. And uh, a couple weeks more go by, and we were doing more celebrations and things of that nature. So by the end of the fourth week, having not done this before, I finally walked up to PG and said, so do you guys ever do studies? It just they, they got the biggest kick out of it. And to this day, they remind me of that all the time. Anyone else? Dance? I can add to that, too. Um, I remember one of the messages of PG uh, convinced me to sign up for a small group, too. And I remember later that week, I received an email from now our leader. And um, on the top, there was like 11 stranger names, which made me a little hesitant right away. One of them I figured out was a pastor, so that obviously was quite frightening. Second of all, he talked about doing Bible studies, which was um, a big deal to me because I had never read the Bible, so I was worried about being judged. And then thirdly, he signed it, Love Bob, which in me and my family, we just don't really use that word. We show it, but don't use it. And also, I was in the corporate world, so I really wasn't around people that um, use that term. So all those were pretty hesitant for me to show up the next week. Now, how long have we been together, okay? Nance? 13, 14 years. Okay about nine years for us. Chad? 11. 11? 10, 11. 13 or 14. Okay. We've been together a long time, okay? I won't let Bob answer because <laughs> uh, I'm the leader Since of the this stage right now, okay? Uh, but point to the person. I mean, we've been together a long time, but folks, it's like herding cats, okay? Who have held the group together. Point to them. Bob. Right there. So a lot of people see PG and they go, oh, it must be his group, but actually, I'm the leader. <laughs> and, and honestly, folks, I love it because I'm involved in a lot, as you can imagine. You kind of pay me to do that, right? But when it comes to community, I don't want to lead a group, okay? And so Bob is a great leader. I just love coming in, and I've learned so much from him. So let's go to the second golden rule. You want deep relationships, long-lasting, not just here today, gone tomorrow. Here's the second one. You've got to earn their trust. Folks, trust is what makes relationships work. Without trust, they don't work. Now, this is the big difference between acquaintances that you might know at work and people you're really going deep with. You see, with acquaintances, you talk to them. But with friends, you trust them. 
You may spend eight hours a day with someone in another cubicle and kind of know a little bit about their family, but I guarantee you this, if you don't trust them, they're not your friends. Take a look at Proverbs 20, verse six. Many people claim to be a friend, but it is rare to find someone who is truly trustworthy. How many of us agree that that's true? Will you raise your hands here? Folks, it's, it's rare, isn't it? We just don't automatically give our trust to someone. People have to earn it. That is why it takes time. The Bible says that there are three ways that you and I can build this trust. Well, you write these down. The first one is this, by being reliable. And what I mean by that is predictable. Uh, not being fickle, not, not being erratic. Being someone that, that can be counted on. Take a look at Proverbs 17, verse 27 here, or Proverbs 17, 17, the first half of it. A friend loves you all the time. Do you know what the greatest ability is in life? It's called dependability. It's called reliability. The second way that you build this trust is by being loyal. Today, we don't hear a lot about loyalty, do we? we there, there's, there's very little brand loyalty. There's very little, be honest with you, church loyalty. A lot of consumers going from here to there. Uh, there's, there's very little company loyalty. Today, the attitude is simply this. Hey, what have you done for me lately? You haven't done anything for me lately? Forget you, Jackson. I'm out of here. But loyalty is a commitment that says this. I'm going to put you first in front of me right now. Folks, that's far different from self-centeredness. That, 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 that's, that isn't narcissism that, ought, that exists in our culture. Let's read the whole verse out of the, the Living Bible, Proverbs 17, 17. A true friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. In other words, they show up when you've got a hurt. You're needing help. You need some kind of support in your life. So, Someone talk about that. That'll be Joe? me. Uh, yes. Uh, back a few years uh, ago, we were still new to the group, and uh, so happened a spring storm kind of uh, came in and did a lot of damage to my backyard. In fact, it knocked about three trees totally flat. Uh, so it also so happened that uh, this was going to be an evening of our get-together. Every Thursday, we uh, have our, our meeting, and uh, we just sent an email out saying, I think we're gonna, uh, got our hands full here. We won't, won't be able to attend this week, but we'll look forward to seeing you guys next week. And then uh, a little bit later, my wife uh, says, hey, we got an email back from the small group. They changed their plans. They're coming over to our house to help us uh, clean up this mess. And uh, so they did. Uh, they brought uh, chainsaws and equipment and so on and so forth, and uh, even Subway sandwiches to eat after we were done. So I thought that was really cool. But an another thing, and this is the truth, uh, the next day, my next door neighbor, Steve, gave us a call. And he said, uh, Joe, Chris, uh, we saw your crew uh, out there last night. And they did an excellent job cleaning up. We would like to hire them. <laughs> so I said, Steve, wait a second, hold on. Uh, that's uh, our small group at church. And uh, they came over to help us out. Uh, so Bob, I'd like to say something. This may be your small group, but it's my crew. <laughs> so what you're hearing here is that, that love, okay, 
is expressed through loyalty and action. Take a look at this verse right here out of 1 Corinthians 13, 7. If you love someone, you will be loyal to them no matter what the cost. You will always believe in them, always expect the best, and always stand your ground in defending them. Now, who would like to elaborate on that? Nance, go for it. Me. I can do several add-ons to that. A lot of loyalty as far as um, I've had a couple floods at my house. They show up, lots of repairs. I am the queen of my car breaking down on the road. Yes. <laughs> Yesterday alone, my car wouldn't start, so my small group got me to work on time. Um, one instant, I woke up to a burglar in my house, and the first thing I did, obviously, was call the police. Second, I called my small group, and before the police even got there, one of my members, that would be PG, showed up first, and it was very clear that the 911 told me um, to please leave the residence, go outside for safety. But of course, PG had to go inside. And then the police came and drew their guns on him as a suspect. But that verse says right there, stand your ground in defending them. So I was gonna do it, okay? Wow, okay. <laughs> That's an aspect of loyalty, okay? There's a third aspect of trust, and that is by keeping confidences. By being reliable, by being loyal, but by then being confidential. Folks, every one of us needs a person in our life that we feel safe with, that we can say, you know what, I feel safe with them. I feel safe with this group. I know I can share anything, and they're not gonna reject me. They're not going to dump me. Take a look at Proverbs 11.3 out of two different translations. Out of a contemporary English version, a true friend will keep a secret. Take a look at out of the English version. No one who gossips can be trusted, but you can put your confidence in someone who is trustworthy. Can you trust the people that are around you? I'm gonna let you know we can. It, isn't it, I don't know if you know this or not, but God hates gossip. He absolutely hates it. And if you, if you want deep, I'm talking deep, and I'm talking long-lasting relationships, you zip it when it comes to gossip. In fact, let me just share this little tidbit. Anybody who gossips to you will also gossip about you. Now, who would want to comment on the importance of being confidential? No comment. No comment. What happens in the group stays in the group. Folks, I could tell you there's a lot of stories amongst us, but we zip it because it's true what Cheryl says. What's said in the group stays in the group. The third, goal, third rule of the golden rule, if you want deep relationships, meaningful, long-lasting, is this. You listen with empathy. Now, this is the most important skill, I would say, in building friendships and relationships. You can't love people unless you listen to them. And we all need to grow in listening to others, don't we? So who would like to talk about this one? I'll take this, George. Okay, Chad. So... 
we meet once a week, and what I've learned from the small group is that how perceptive people are, how everyone has different gifts. Um, we've been together a long time. You know what people are like when they walk in the door, but it seems like the women in the group can just see who's walking in, the way they look, the way they talk, and they go, ah, they have a problem. Oh, okay, great. And so we then sit down and try to ask them what's going on, and, and whether it's male or female at that point in time, and uh, you ask them how's going on, and they might say, yeah. It's fine. We've been together a long time. You know, fine isn't an answer. This group won't let you get away with that. You have to actually come up with a better reason. So they'll be worked with. They'll ask questions. They'll probe. They'll take the time to go through all this. And I think that's the two things I've learned most about the group. When you ask them when you need to listen and listen with your heart, look at them. See them in the eye. You'll, they'll see the love that comes out. The final thing I learned from the group is that there's two types of problems usually that I run into. One is that um, someone needs some help, and the other one is that, hey, life is just a bummer and I'm having a bad time. Uh, I'm an engineer, I like to help. So my wife is trying to have a conversation with me and saying, I just has been a bad day, and I'm going, let me help you. <laughs> that doesn't go along real well. So luckily for the small group, she's got people here that will actually help her, and, and it all works out for the best. So what I'm hearing, Chad, you say about listening with empathy is that you look for emotions, you look for physical things, you ask probing questions, and you don't interrupt. You let them share their heart, not try to solve their problem, which I think um, is hard for us guys to do. I mean, I know myself, I've got A, B, C, D, okay? I, I can get you through this. Here are the five things or four things you need to do. There's an important verse in the Bible. It's in James 1.19. You might write this one down. It says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. If you do those first two things, I guarantee you this, you won't lose your temper or it'll be harder for you to lose your temper. If you have a problem with anger, it's only because you're not doing the first two things. You're not being quick to listen and you're being too quick to speak. Because if you are quick to listen and you are slow to speak, I guarantee you this, it will help you with your temper and your anger. And like Chad said, it's a guy thing, okay? We've gotta really learn to this because we like to jump in there. I have a video. I want you to take a look at this. I found this this week. This is so good. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless. And I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just, sometimes it's like, there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Sounds really hard. It is. 
Thank you. Ow! Come on, if you would just... Don't! <laughs> oh, that is so true. I think we've all been there, right? <laughs> okay, part of this listening with empathy is, is listening for fears and doubts. And we all have them, don't we? Take a look at this verse out of Romans 15 too. We must bear the burdens of being considerate of the doubts and fears of others. Folks, we all have doubts and fears. So who would like to comment on this one? I'll talk about that a little bit. So in my time with the group, uh, I've been through many different things in my life. I've been through a divorce with y'all. I've been through the challenges of being a single parent. But uh, throughout it all, just having this group, this family, which I consider y'all, uh, has been awesome. You know, you're, you're not judged, you're loved on, and uh, it's just been a true blessing to me. Yeah. Nance, you want to jump in? Yeah, I can do that. Um, they saw me become a Christian in the group and just be on that new Christian high for several years, couldn't do enough for God. And um, the other thing that I was really involved in was, was my job. It was pretty much 24-7. Well, that came to an end. My corporate job ended. So that was just really a big devastation to me. I went through really a depression time, weight gain, and they still um, really was beside me there with, you know, distancing myself from God, but the small group wouldn't distance at all for me. I think Kevin really nailed it as, as well as Nancy, but it's, you know, you, you come into the, the group, and because of the relationships, the depth, you know, there's no judgment. Folks, we all need that. We need a place we can come into. We can be who we are. Hawaiian shirts, vans, going through divorce, single parenting, losing a job, struggles, health, whatever. We all need a place where we can come into that we're not judged, that love is expressed, where there's understanding and, and empathy. The fourth golden rule if you're going to have strong, deep, lasting relationships, is you got to accept their flaws because we all have them. Take a look at Romans 15, 7. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Then God will be glorified. You see, God accepts each and every one of us here, okay? It doesn't mean that he approves of what we do, but folks, he accepts us. And as we accept others, what that does is that it enlarges God to the people around us. The reality is we all have character flaws, don't we? Well, there, are, there, are, there are flaws in our friends that bug the living daylights out of us, don't they? And what bugs us is that we know they're never going to change. So when that happens, you got one of two choices. You can either accept them for who they are, or you can be miserable in that relationship and say, you know what, I'm out of here, I just can't stand it. Folks, God accepts you. He doesn't demand perfection out of you. He shows grace, and you and I must show grace to each other. Take a look at Proverbs 17, 9. Overlooking a person's faults cultivates love, but nagging about them destroys friendships. So all of us, we've been together a long time. We all know our flaws, okay? Quirks. Nance, you start. I don't like to accept help. Okay. 
How much time do we have? Oh. <laughs> um, I would say I like to do things my way. I really, really dislike public speaking. <laughs> Religious rabbit holes. Yep. I think I've moved about four times since I joined this group, and Bob has a truck. <laughs> and I hate to be late, and uh, my wife, Christy, is frequently late. In fact, I think she's late right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I eat really, really slow, so they always have me start out at dinner time to first the line. And I'm practically perfect in every way. <laughs> no, I typically talk too much and have a solution for everything, okay? Obviously, there are, these are lighter issues. They're, we know amongst ourselves the things that we struggle with. But like we said earlier, what's shared in the group stays in the group. And there's acceptance and love, and we're gonna journey together on this thing. The fifth golden rule is this, celebrate wins and share losses. Now, this is very, very important. In fact, the Bible commands it. In Romans 12, verse 15, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You and I don't need to just celebrate our victories, our wins. We need to celebrate the victories and wins of others. If you and I will learn to celebrate the wins and victories of others, we can celebrate all the time. Because if you're not experiencing win at the time, you can bet that someone else in a group in your friendships are. And that enables you to celebrate. And so someone share about the different wins, and we'll talk about losses, but the different wins that we've had that we've celebrated. I think one of the biggest wins for our group has been our trip to Haiti. It was a really big win, but it was also, I would say, a really big struggle. The planning process took over a year, yep. and about halfway through that, I had pretty much given up, and that's not a good characteristic as a leader. But fortunately, one of our group members, Davey, at that point chimed in and said, why don't we try again? Let's start the process over. And sure enough, that worked. Um, and we went to Haiti this February as a group. And I would say that it was one of the most uh, significant experiences we've had as a group. I think every one of the group members would agree that it was just an extraordinary experience. And any time that you do something like that as a group, it allows you to go deeper. So I think the, all, the whole group would agree that it was a very special experience, really a lot of quality time. We got to see our Hinch kids and uh, it's just really deepened our experiences yeah. as a group. We even threw a big party uh, for everyone that was on the trip, invited people in from Kansas City and the whole nine yards. Uh, Nance, you want to say something? Yep, I've set up a lot of things throughout the years for the group, and they really um, come to par for me. We had a homeless woman in my house for, with three children, and they just really helped me out there from helping homeless shelters. We've decorated they've whined, but they come through for me every time. And then just some of the things like this picture is just our group celebrating birthdays. We have a lot of birthdays here, so we like to um, really show off our birthdays too. Chad? And then like we've talked before, our children have been a part of our small group, and as they've grown through all the years we've been together, we've now gone through, I think, six weddings. I think we have three left. So uh, it's going great for us. Cheryl wants to say something. Uh, well, the small group uh, 
did Matthew and Carolina's rehearsal dinner for us, and they turned our volunteer cafe here into a very romantic Italian cafe, and Nancy had Go God waiter aprons made for everybody, and they, they acted as uh, the food preparers and the waiters, and Christy was tossing the salad in the air, and <laughs> we just had a great time. It was wonderful. We are party animals, okay? I mean, that's why oftentimes you'll hear me say, no one has more fun than I do because we celebrate. In fact, we've gone on a cruise together, okay? Just enjoying each other's company. And like Chad and Cheryl said, you know my heart, been with this church 27 going on 28 years, and I've seen some of your kids grown up. I've seen their kids grow up, and I've had the privilege of performing their weddings. They'll come, Pastor George, and because they're a part of our group, when they're in town from college, they're right there on Thursday nights with us. And to perform their wedding, I tell you, it's close to my heart, okay? But that's the wins. What about losses? Kevin? I'll touch on that. So I mentioned before about the loss of a marriage I went through with this group and the resulting single parenthood. Um, turned out that uh, I had uh, ended up with sole custody of my daughter pretty much overnight. At the time, I traveled a lot for my job, so uh, I had to pretty much quit my job, and uh, without family here to, to help out, uh, I had to find something local, and uh, even after getting that job, because of the economy, got laid off from that job, so went through many struggles at that point in time, and again, having this, uh, again, my, this is my family here locally, yep. having you guys has uh, just been an awesome experience. Yep. Cheryl? Well, uh, many of us have experienced the loss of a parent since we've been together. I know Chad has lost both of his parents, and Bob, his dad, and, and George lost his dad. And, and then when my dad was uh, dying, uh, the small group showed up. They came to his care home, and uh, you know they stood by his bed as, as he was close to death with us. And, um, you know, it just meant so much to us to have their presence, the ministry of their presence with us at that time. Um, and, you know, I can truly say that these guys are my brothers and these wonderful ladies are my sisters. And um, I really don't know what we would do without them as we have personally gone on our own tunnels of chaos together and our losses. And then uh, the day after my dad passed away, Nancy, um, came over and helped us clean out my dad's room at his care home. And um, as anybody who has been through anything like that knows, you just really need to have somebody with you when you have to go through that process. You've heard maybe me share this before, just about the importance of community and going deep, that, that um, blood is thicker than water, but spirit is thicker than blood that oftentimes God gives us relationships in community, a biblical community that is far deeper, far richer than any kind of relationship that we will ever have with our physical family. That's what exists here amongst us. So let's give it up for them. They did a great job, okay? Woohoo! These kinds of relationships, like I said, 
one of the reasons to build them is to help you achieve your goals. I can say this, honestly, from my heart, I am a better person, I am a better pastor because of my friendships for 13, 14 years here. And that drives me to the next point, which is this, bring out the best. Bring out, I should say, their best, okay? Nobody can become all that they intend to be nor all that God wants them to be. No person can reach their redemptive potential without others. Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Let me read to you just some of the things that I, as I thought of that verse that came to my mind. They sharpen my mind for messages. They broaden my experience. They've broadened my experiences of life. They've deepened my character. They have widened my emotions and they have strengthened my health. We've done the Daniel plan together. They've made me a better person physically, spiritually, emotionally, across the board. You know what? They've even sat me down. Look at this verse, Proverbs 24, 26. An honest answer is a sign of true friendship. Do you have anybody in your life that cares for you enough that are willing to set you down and just in a Christ-like way, share truth with you. My group has done that with me. Not too long ago, says George, we are concerned about the pace of your life. We don't want you around just for six months. We want you to be around here for 16 years. Do you have anybody in your life like that that loves you enough to say, let's just be truthful with you? Better yet, are you that way with anybody? A study was done by Lifeway Bible, or bookstores. You may be familiar with them. That stated this, that only 50% of people in a church, only 50% can say that they've developed significant, lasting relationships within that spiritual family. 42% have... They, only 42% have discovered their spiritual gifts and are using them in the church family and in the community as opposed to 75% who are involved in some kind of connecting group. Only 45% would say, these are Christians, these are people who go to church on a regular basis, would say that they find themselves thinking about the Bible throughout the day. Only 45% as opposed to 75% who are involved in a connection group. Folks, we all need biblical community. So can I encourage you, like I encouraged some of these 14 years ago, get involved in a service team or in a connection group. Start going deep and developing relationships because God wants you to have people there in your life at every stage of life. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that you call us friends. As I think about the whole Bible, only a few in the Old Testament 
that you declared as friends. Moses, David, Enoch, maybe one or two others, God. And yet you entered into human history. You invaded our world to declare to us that we are not slaves, but we are friends. That you came to have a relationship with us, God. And I thank you for your grand design. That you didn't just come and invade our world and then just leave, but you birthed the church, the spiritual family, that we might have significant relationships with one another that go the distance, that minister to us in, in ways that no one else could, not even family. And so, God, I thank you for that. Today, may we be those who are called by your name that, we, that would fight, God, that we would fight for marriages, that we would fight for our families, and that, God, that we would fight for friendships, that there would be something different about us, God, something that as people look on like Joe shared, hey, I want to hire that crew of yours. God, there's a difference. Help us to live it. In your son's name we pray. Amen.